Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 20. The sign in the window said Spencer's Place. Its construction probably made more sense to the casual observer when the buildings on either side of it were still standing. Right now, it looked like it had been airdropped into the middle of a quiet desolation, as though having delivered peace and democracy, the U.S. Air Force was now sending the world third-rate gin holes. I stepped through the door and was hit by a wall of stale air delicately scented by stale beer. The low light didn't do much to hide the cobwebs in the high corners, but only because I was looking for them. Whatever else he might be, Mr. Spencer was not much of a housekeeper. The place could do with what they used to call a woman's touch, when what they really meant was a couple of hours of back-breaking labor. It seemed unlikely to get it, to judge by the astonished faces turned towards me from the bar. There were six barflies in the place, all seated around the long bar, none of them seated next to one another. It looked like the sort of place where you stared quietly into your beer for a few hours, wondering where it all went wrong. They had all turned when the door opened, and stayed turned when they saw yours truly. Apparently, it was ladies' night, for the first and only time ever. Hooray. Evening, folks, said a gruff but booming voice from behind the bar. Can I help you find something? You can help us find a couple of beers, Jack said, sidling up to an open space at the bar. I joined him, not out of any desire to do so, but from the logical standpoint that standing apart from my gentleman companion might be seen as an invitation for one or more of the moping barflies to try his luck. That was a conversation devoutly to be missed so I stuck with Jack. The bartender pulled his tab open and began filling a glass. What brings you folks down here, he asked. Jack shrugged. Nostalgia, I guess, he said. I used to have a place down here years ago, before the war. The bartender nodded. His neck was thick and his hands were like two large flattened out hams. His nose had to look like it had been broken once and not set quite right, but some guys just kind of look like that when they hit 60, and if this guy was a day younger, I'd eat my best sleuthing hat. Whereabouts, he asked. Down Jefferson, Jack said. Apartment above that old fix-it shop. What was it called? Donald's? I hadn't seen a sign for a Donald's fix-it shop out on the streets. Maybe Jack was on the level. The bartender smiled and nodded. Donald Morse, he said. Now there was a funny duck. One of the barflies laughed a little, just for half an instant, as if remembering something that was not exactly funny, but was funnier than the nothing he'd been thinking of for the last hour. He's been gone almost ten years now, the bartender said, still smiling a little. Heart attack, I think. The barflies nodded and mostly went back to their beers. The second beer was set down. You've been here a long time then, Jack said. Funny, I don't remember this place. Nah, the man said with a grin. This was my beat, 26 years. I opened this place when I retired from the force. Ex-copper, huh? Jack smiled. I could tell by the neck. The man smiled. My youngest daughter got married three years back. I had a devil of a time finding a collar that would close around it. He held out a meaty paw toward Jack. Hap Spencer, he said. Nice to meet you, Hap, Jack said, shaking the man's hand. I'm Jack, and this is Trixie. Trixie, is it? Hap said with a smile. And what is a flower such as yourself doing with a man who brings you down to a place such as this? I nodded. It's an interesting question, I said. We were just in the neighborhood, Jack said. For what, I can't imagine, Hap said, wiping down his side of the bar with a rag as though he did it all the time, which casual observations suggested that he did not. Like I say, just playing the memory game, Jack said, taking a pull on his beer. I did the same. Wasn't bad. Jack pointed to a picture behind the bar. Is that Roxy, he asked. 
I looked up. The picture was of a younger Hap Spencer in uniform with a large, expansive woman of about 45. Hap smiled. It is, he said. That one used to hang in her deli. She gave it to me when she shut down her place, maybe six years ago. No Roxy's, Jack seemed astonished. Hap shook his head sadly. No Roxy's. He looked at me, finding someone he could tell the happier part of his story to. Roxy's Deli used to be the busiest place in 20 blocks. All day and night they would be in there, and once he had been in once, he understood why. Jack joined in. The place had a real balanced diet. Meat and bread, not a vegetable in sight. Coleslaw is a vegetable, Hap protested. Holy crow, I forgot about the coleslaw, Jack said with a shake of his head. He looked back at the picture. She was quite a lady. Hap nodded. Just about around the neighborhood, he said, back when there was one. She held on longer than she should have. Spent most of what she'd saved trying to hold on, hoping things would come back. But they never did. They talked a little more about a delicatessen that I had never been to and now never would. I looked around the small, dank room and realized that it was full of pictures like that. Not the usual photos and clippings of half-forgotten boxers and ballplayers, but all ordinary people in ordinary places, mostly with a beaming Hap Spencer standing there in uniform. The place was a shrine to a Riverton that was gone. Gone but not forgotten. Not yet. So what happened, I asked. Hap Spencer frowned. Was that, my dear? To the whole place. I said as much as possible as though I had never been there in my life. Why is everything shut? Shuttered or torn right down? Hap nodded. He would rather not talk about it, but was too much of a gentleman not to respond to a lady's question. Funny story, that. They tore down the building to the north because it was condemned. Falling apart on its feet, it was. It was falling apart because it had been standing empty for years, no one paying the smallest attention to it. But finally it was too much and they took a wrecking ball to it. The vibrations from the wreck were too much for the place to the south and it half fell apart while they were working so the city tore it down too. I took a sip of my beer. But it isn't just that, I said. This whole block looks condemned except for this place. Everything's empty the whole way up. Some of the barflies shifted uncomfortably. Maybe they didn't want to see Hap get riled up. Maybe this is where they came to forget what had happened to their neighborhood. Hap smiled and had a faraway look in his eye. Happened so gradually, little girl, I never even noticed it. Riverton was never a rich place. It wasn't that unusual for a building to stand empty for a time now and then. But then they would sell and nothing would ever happen to them. Or an apartment building would sell and be left to rot. Just slowly fell apart over time until almost everyone was gone. All the way up to Austin. And when you cut a neighborhood in half like that, soon everything on either side starts to rot away like a hollow log. The folks that were here started leaving and no one came in to take their place. He looked at Jack. You were lucky that you got out when you did, he said. Jack shook his head. I wasn't here long. I bounced around a lot in those days. Sure, Hap nodded. Lots of folks did. Not you, though, Jack said, nodding at the pictures that lined the room. Hap smiled a little at the faces on the walls, most of them impossible to make out in the semi-darkness. But he knew who they were. No, he said, not me. I just kind of fell in love with the place. You understand this was back when being a neighborhood cop meant something. The department didn't move you around the way they do today. These kids today, as soon as they're in a uniform, they're looking to get out of it. Make detective or some nonsense, like there's no pride in being a cop. Some of them never seem to get out of their prowl cars. They just drive around. Jack nodded. I guess they reckon the radio cars are more efficient. Hap snorted at the word. Those boys are missing something special sitting in those cars, he said. They'll never know a place the way that I knew Riverton. And they'll never be that place's protector the way I was. Jack set down his beer. Not much left to protect. No, came the quiet reply. Roxy hung on too long, you say. 
Hap's brow furrowed. She did. So what about you? Jack asked. Several barflies got up from their stools and moved the hell away from us. Oh, good, I said quietly to no one in particular. You ever think about selling out? Hap Spencer reached below the bar and came up with a shotgun. It was such a smooth motion that I never saw it coming. He took a step back behind the bar and leveled it at Blackjack. Jack didn't move. I know who sent you, Spencer said. Who sent me? Jack asked quietly. You're one of his boys, Spencer said. You're one of Rossetti's mob. Jack took a pull on his beer. May as well play it casual. If that pop gun was even loaded with birdshot, it would tear his face off at this range. Do I look like a soldier in the Rossetti family, he asked. Perhaps Spencer's aim was steady. Maybe not, he said. Maybe because I said I'd put the next one in the ground. Maybe, Jack said. Rosetti's tried to buy you out, I asked. Spencer did not look at me. If I had thought he might have pulled the trigger, I could have dropped him easy. But he was a cop. A real cop. He reeked of it. He was no murderer. You seem like a real nice girl, Spencer said. But you have some bad friends. Al Rosetti killed Riverton. Killed it as sure as if he'd pulled the trigger on every man, woman, and child that used to call this place home. I know that he owns half these empty buildings, and he probably owns the other half, too. Can you prove it, Jack said, staring down the barrel of a shotgun. No, I can't prove it, Hap spat, and even if I could, it isn't against the law. It ought to be, but it isn't. But he's a murdering scum, a gangster, and I'll be damned if he's going to get my place. Jack nodded and set his glass on the bar quietly. He's tried before. Spencer snorted. Don't play dumb, he said. I am dumb, Jack said. Ask anyone. Ask her. It's true, I said. Rossetti sent his smooth boys and he sent his rough boys, Spencer said. The first ones get a polite go to hell. The rest got better than that. The last ones I put in the hospital. I told them the next ones I'll put in the morgue. Maybe they didn't get my message. I don't work for Rossetti, Jack said. Then who do you work for, Spencer said. Myself, Jack said. I'm a private detective. A private... Hap Spencer had a look of genuine disgust on his face. You expect me to believe that? Doesn't matter what you believe, Jack said. Fact is, if we wished you harm, you would be dead by now. And how would you do that, smart guy? Spencer asked. Ask her, Jack said. Spencer made the smallest motion of his eyes and could not help but notice that I now had the Beretta on him. Hello, I said. Jesus Christ, came the reply. Put it down, I said. Nice and slow. He did it. He didn't like it, but he did it all right. So now Rossetti's sending women after me, he said. We don't work for Rossetti, I said, flipping a business card onto the bar. Spencer looked at it, but did not move. Jack reached into his pocket for change to pay for the drinks. I don't want your money, Spencer said. You can throw it out after we leave then, Jack said, putting it on the bar. One of the barflies is on the payphone, I said. Cops, Jack asked. Or Rossetti, I guess, I said. Either way, I'd like to be somewhere else. Jack nodded and stood. Sounds about right, he said. He looked at the thick-necked ex-bull behind the bar, standing with his hands raised slightly. I wish I could help you, Jack said. But I'm not sure that anybody can. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main 
mutual audio network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. This is the Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.